The future of Kansas City baseball is in good hands as the Royals have locked up Bobby Witt Jr. to a long-term contract extension worth a lot of money. We're going to talk about it in just a second. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What is up, guys? Welcome into a live edition of One Royal Way. Jordan Foote, Josh Kaiser, Joel Penfield here. Mostly live, mostly very recent um, immediate reaction to the Royals, you know, putting the thing on the table and going out there and offering some money, um, wrapping up Bobby Wood Jr., 11-year, $288.8 million contract extension. Jeff Passon tweeted that out. Boys, we can go over everything else, but um, starting with Joel, immediate thoughts and kind of how are the vibes? So for a little bit of context, I'm not in my normal space if you're watching live. I'm in a conference room at my office right now because I – I heard some things, maybe this could happen. I don't know when, like it, it might come, you know, any day. Uh, but I decided to come into the office today because I didn't think much of it. Uh, of course, n- massive news breaks when I'm not anywhere near my actual setup. Um, it, the, I saw the passing tweet and once I checked and saw that it wasn't jet passing or a, you know, a, a bot account, uh, I literally jumped out of my chair and my cubicle. I <laughs> lost my mind there for a second. Uh, I'm fired up. This is exactly what this city needed. This is exactly what the Royals needed. They put a an awesome stamp on what I think has been a very successful offseason with locking up the face of the franchise for at least seven years, if not longer. I I couldn't be more excited for what this season is going to bring. Expectations are changing pretty quick for for what this team could be when you have a guy like this locked up. Yep, 100%. Josh? Um... I interrupted my workout, my daily workout. My personal health is suffering, not only because I'm missing this workout, but my blood pressure is skyrocketing right now. My heart is absolutely bumping. I cannot be more excited about this move. Maybe my favorite part about this, we can get to this in a little bit, but I am very, very excited about this. It's... uh... It's monumental. It is huge. So again, 11 years, 288.8 million opt-outs after years 7, 8, 9, and 10. Um, no trade clause. The signing bonus is bucks. Seems pretty obvious why they did that. The 288.7 um, is just perfect. Like, yeah. at that little bit on the end, you know? Yeah. Um, club option after the 11th season, so that can escalate another three years and 89 million, bringing the whole value to like 14, 377. Like this is a huge deal, easily the biggest in Royals history. Um, Passon tweeted or uh, reported some stuff. Like obviously discussions going on for months. He wanted to make sure that they were making efforts to win. They sure made efforts to win, um, at least more than they did last season. So Bobby Wood Jr. tweeted immediately after the news, I'm incredibly grateful to the Sherman family and the Royals front office for believing in me, and I promise to do everything in my power to help bring championship baseball back to Kansas City. Let's go. That sums it up. Can I do this? 
Let's go. <laughs> I was a little worried when you stepped away from the desk. I was like, yeah. what's Gus going to do? Josh you know, is celebrating on a Monday. I think it's worth it. Uh, the biggest thing that I took away from this early on is credit to John Sherman. And a ton of credit needs to go there because there has been, I think, a ton of criticism. And I think some of it was fair the first few years of his ownership that it just felt like we kind of got a, a a David Glass type again that was just going to kind of l- let things ride, not spend a ton of money, try and develop everything from within, do the the small market baseball, quote unquote, stuff. And to give out a nine-figure contract like this to a, a guy going into his age 24 season, locking up a, a guy that turned himself into a superstar at the back half of last season, it's it's a it's a huge deal and shows that this isn't just a cry poor small market baseball type owner. He said, we're going to spend when we feel the time is right. And they showed it the offseason with the free agents that they got. And now you give a, a nine-figure deal to your superstar. Uh, a lot of credit needs to go there. And I think coming into the offseason, we mentioned it that, and it was very evident. I mean, it was obvious on it. If you wanted a yes vote on this new stadium, the 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 thing, the one thing that you can do that will go farthest in this fan base is to sign Bobby Wood Jr. to that, you know, it, it's probably going to, very likely going to be a career in Kansas City type of contract with, he's got plenty of opt-outs. We can, we can address that too, but the one thing that they can absolutely secure a yes vote, I think, is going to be extending Bobby Wood Jr. They came out and did it after they signed. They made plenty of moves. They spent plenty of money this offseason, but the criticism was still very fair that this is just a short-term thing, that they're just trying to convince the fan base that they're going to spend money, wink, wink, but really they're going to do this all over again. And I think this not only goes a long way to shoring up and securing fan base support for that new stadium, but it can it's actually something that we can substantially hang our hat on as far as thinking that this organization is a different organization with a different owner, a different mindset, a different front-off organizational philosophy. And I think that that is where I am most encouraged by the direction of this, not only this organization, but this town, this city, this, this fan base. It's all uh, up arrows for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think looking at the specifics of it and the structure of this deal, it's kind of eerily similar to the guy across the Truman Sports Complex in that you link him up to this long-term deal. It looks like, and I think I, I saw Lesky just tweet it, like if those last three years get hit, they won't, they'll be renegotiated. Like this seems like a, let's get something on paper that kind of signifies the commitment gets everything set in place and then we'll see where we are in let's say five six years we'll revisit we'll get this going and the opt-outs kind of go along with that and Passon put in his article um quote wit intends to remain with the royals long past the first seven years now obviously a lot can change between now and then this franchise could be a 500 club for those first seven years he could get tired of it there could be you know a hundredth percentile outcome where they compete for a world series in those seven years like everything can change the getting it like joel said this was just a big move to show that you did care and that this was real you did want to keep him long term like josh and i last season and even the year before we joked like hey man this franchise if you want to get some value recoup then trading bobby witt jr is the number one way to do that i mostly mostly joking 90 something percent joking 
Um, I don't think John, maybe Joe, you might need to atone for the sins of that right now. I'd be happy to. You want to do that? <laughs> happy to defend that. Yes, and you won't have the chance to see it come true now because there's a no trade clause in that that contract. Yeah, I I did preface that with if they cannot get an extension done with Bobby Witt Jr., then they need to start looking to trade him immediately. And this the logic is absolutely sound. I will never apologize for being right, but eh, I might actually apologize. I'm I'm kind of like that, but um. But the fact that they did get this extension done completely nullifies my sins. It's incredible. I I, th- I think we also need to hit these opt-outs pretty hard because I think that is yeah. a a primary and main reason why this deal got done in the first place. You don't get yeah. that that amount of years without tagging on a lot of opt-outs, both for the player and for the club. And I thought both of those opt-outs are interesting if we want to jump into those. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's a, a good time to bring up this question for Wildman00. Zero Zero. Is it realistically a six-year deal for him since he can opt out after the seventh year? We'll, we'll kick it back to Joel. Do you have any immediate thoughts on the opt-out situation? I mean, I think that's the that's the minimum threshold, that he's going to be here through at least his age 30 season, uh, which would be 2030. Is that, That's the floor where this contract starts. Yep. And, and after that, it can just build. And a lot of it, I think, is going to be dependent on can the Royals win? And do do they win in this window? And I'm not necessarily talking World Series. You know how hard it is for them to get there. But are you a consistent contender in the playoffs? Are you at least making a run every once in a while, you know, over the next few years to incentivize a guy like that to stay? Especially if he plays well and the team is winning with this type of contract and it can get renegotiated, he won't you'll want to stay around. You you may be able to put that C on his chest you know, that you have with Sal- with Salvador Perez probably out of the fold, you know, here in the next couple of years, and you keep that guy around. It would not shock. I guess I kind of have both ends of the spectrum here where I would not be shocked if Bobby Wood Jr. decides after seven years, you know what, I'm going to go and see if I can go and, you know, turn that three into a four for the last, you know, eight to ten years of my major league career at 30 years old. I also wouldn't be shocked if he is kind of just has the mentality of, I want to build something here in Kansas City. That's where I want my legacy to be. I want to play for one team, and I'll I'll play here through my age 37 season, which is the length that the four, the full 14-year contract goes, yeah. and, and build something here with maybe a ring or two to go with it. I completely agree. I think that's, uh, that's important. And like I said, the opt-outs are a big, big deal about this. And it's always going to be that fun... Will he or won't he opt out after he's got seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth opt out seasons? That's a lot, um, and I think that that is how this deal got done: is adding those. But then there's that three year option for the club afterwards. I think is it going to be the 35, 36, 37 year old season? Is that yeah. is that add up? That seems right. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be plenty of I don't know upside in this deal for the club as well. You keep your franchise cornerstone in the city with a new stadium, and he's your guy for the long term. And it also keeps it keeps them in the business of competing. Yeah, you don't want Bobby Wood Jr. to opt out in any of those times. So obviously, the organization is going to keep keep adding, trying to stay in the thick of it, and keep going into contention with Bobby Wood Jr. on the roster just to make him happy. And vis-a-vis, that should also keep the fans happy. They should be trying. They're trying not only trying to get Bobby Witt's buy-in, they're trying to get the fans' buy-in, trying to get everybody's buy-in to them contending. And that is a good cheese for the organization to have to follow. 
We have gotten 11 minutes into this podcast, 11 and a half minutes, and we haven't even brought up or questioned or considering this isn't me implying it, that is this worth it for Bobby Witt Jr.? And it's because he caught fire so much last season from July 1st to the end of the year, slash 310, 351, 578, 145 weighted runs created plus. He was absolutely phenomenal. Everyone believes that's going to be who he is. And that if he, Oh, um, I oh. knocked myself out there for a second. What the heck? Oh no. Um, if that's not who he is, that's what I get for tabbing over. I have like 15 different things. <laughs> over. Um, he's going to be a clear SAR level player, superstar level player. The projections he's young. He plays the premium position. He has the intangibles. Like everything is aligning for him to be worth this deal. Um, and yes, Brant Ritter got to keep the on base percentage improving. 6.1 walk percentage down that stretch that I just mentioned. I think that has some room to grow to like 8%, 9%, which for him got to be perfectly fine. It's just an insane um, development. I just didn't think that they would pony up that much, even if, you know, some of it's just fun money that looks on paper. Um, I'm just kind of shocked. You looked at other deals. Fernando Tatis was like, what, 14 for 340. I think J-Rod, his structure was always unique in how it was going to be set up. Corbin Carroll, Ronald Acuna on the lower end, but also eight-year deals. So I'm just surprised it happened, and I thought that it was going to eventually. But going from, what, Sunday night, (laughs) a report that like, oh, they're going to resume talks and nothing is imminent, nothing is going to happen soon, but like they're trying again to, for lack of a better phrase, holy shit, it's done. That was a very (laughs) quick... Um, development. So I, I know that doesn't provide a good segue, but that's kind of where I'm at. One, one of my main takeaways by this too is this deal feels like it is the it strikes the right balance of player friendly, team friendly. Like you have a, a long deal where, and not necessarily team friendly in the sense of like the Salvador Perez eight years for what thirteen and a half million dollars or whatever the heck his first deal was. Like not yeah. team friendly that way, but you keep your guy for a long time. The AAV is not astronomical like showing yeah. Otani 70 million AAV something like that it's you know I think AAV on Sparak it has it at like 26 and a quarter over the length of the deal now that's gonna get moved around a little bit once we get like the salary type thing you know once we get the, the salary the full salary breakdown and Bobby has the opportunity to you know he gets his seven years of you know more than league minimum now that he's gonna be making a lot more than that and he has his opportunities to go and test free agency, be you know. So there's the team friend, the the player friendly aspect, or he just has the security of an eleven to fourteen million or a fourteen year deal, where he gets to kind of build his legacy with one team. And if Bobby Wood Jr. plays his whole career in Kansas City, there's a statue, and no one else is going to wear number seven. I yeah. think if it's as plain as that with the type of player he is. Um, it's substantial for not just him, but for the franchise. The Royals don't do this, and I don't think we've talked about that enough. I, I might have mentioned it in my opening little monologue, but th- we've watched so many talented players walk out the door after six years. And and that the Royals have basically operated with that assumption of, we have this guy for his rookie contract, and we're not going to be able to do anything about it. Uh, after that, you know, good luck to you. And I hope that you always remember your time in Kansas City. The Royals have a chance to, the Royals took their opportunity to go, 
we're not going to let that happen anymore. We're not letting this guy walk out the door. I was saying that two years ago on this podcast, like even when his rookie year underwhelming, however you wanted to look at it, like you cannot let this guy walk out the door. He is too talented. He is too good. His ceiling is too high to let that happen. And the Royals aren't letting him do it, at least for the the short term. And the long term, maybe he is here for for that. I want to want to walk you through my Sunday night when we started talking about those rumors. And I also need to shout out Brant Ritter. We'll talk. I got a, there's another great comment he had earlier, but um, I William Baker commented in the chat here that he thought the John Heyman rumor was BS. And John Heyman has a reputation that it is, I don't know, not completely true or a little bit <laughs> off or just kind of he, he, you're like okay John a lot of sourcing we'll, we'll put yeah. it that way yeah 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 he uh yeah so who knows how credible it was that's where, where my mentality was and then I was like well maybe I mean this is pretty smoky maybe there's some fire here but there's no way it's going to be like a I don't know 11 year extension or I mean 14 years just you know out of, out of this world but I'm probably thinking like they're probably just going to buy out his beers and then mark it up yep. as an extension <laughs> I was like if that happens I'm going to be so sad. That's going to be the worst. And then I started to think about it more. And I tweeted something similarly to this, but Brant Ritter kind of put it, classic Royals stealing spotlight from the Chiefs during the Super Bowl week. And that is essentially what I tweeted. Like, it would be just so huge if we kicked off Super Bowl week for the Chiefs with a Bobby Witt Jr. extension news. And here we are, boys, on a Monday afternoon, here we are living the literal dream of... The, the Kansas City sports direction of these organizations are going up, up, up. And I just, I'm just so happy right now. The, the vibes are great. You kicked off Super Bowl week last night with Taylor Swift winning multiple Grammys. You get a Bobby Wood Jr. extension, and then you're going to get a Lombardi trophy next Sunday. It's a pretty good life right now. <laughs> and the women's soccer stadium and yes. sporting is coming to Arrowhead. KU, for those who care, I, I know I care, is going to be going to Arrowhead. Um, in the fall down the road, the World Cup, like yeah, the yeah, World Cup had huge nights. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, in the, the city, the, baby, it, it's insane. And I'm running out of stuff to say about it. <laughs> I, I just think I'm surprised that the numbers were what they were. I'm surprised the timing was what it was. Um, it, it's just huge for the Royals to back the Brinks truck up like that and just say, "Hey, you're our guy." Um, and there are other players that are extension candidates and got to be extension eligible. And we'll have conversations with the Royals and stuff. But this is the face of the franchise. And like, if you're a fan of the Fangraphs, like uh, war valuation, and they they convert it to if you're worth this many wins above replacement, you're worth this much money. He's worth like fifty three million bucks last year. <laughs> so they had, yep. they're going to get their money's worth on this contract especially with how young he is especially with how motivated he is to win how much defensively he improved last season which I think that's overshadowed by his offensive improvement and it's still just as impressive really you're like oh my gosh this guy is now one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball after I watched him the year before it was like "Uh, I don't know and usually guys they don't always take that long to get going or the improvement isn't as drastic so he checked off every box along the way. Uh, Josh, I know you have a point about J.J. Piccolo as well. Yeah, uh, it was made a point. I saw it float around a little bit on Twitter last night, really, that there are no really big contracts out like after 2025 season. Seth Lugo was a 15-year or, or $15 million uh, contract that year, that 2025 season. But 
other than that, they're kind of not on the hook for anybody beyond that. And that kind of, when I started my workout, I, I should say a walk this afternoon, I kind of started to think like, maybe that's an indicator that JJ has until 2025 to start showing some solid direction for this organization. And that was really all that he was going to be able to shell out. So as I was building that point, the Bobby Wood Jr. You know, smoke started to kind of popping in my head. I was like, well, even then, well, depending on how the extension is going to be, he is the one guy that an owner could be like, if we can get him signed, that's a green light no matter what. So I think mm-hmm. that that is also credit to John Sherman, but we need to give some credit to J.J. Piccolo in this situation because maybe maybe that is true that Bobby Wood Jr. is the only green light extendable player right now, and he got it done. That is the bottom line. He got that extension done. Does Dayton Moore get that extension done? Who knows? But do are we still here talking about J.J. Piccolo is Dayton Moore 2.0. There's still plenty of things that J.J. has to put on the field, and success is not guaranteed just because Bobby Wood Jr. extended, obviously. But can we kind of put that to bed a little bit further, at least for a whole season? Yeah. I think so. I think we can. It's It was kind of annoying from the start. They're two different people, and yeah, just yeah. because they're – in the same organization and one worked under the other to start, you're like, Oh, okay. It's going to be the same thing. And that was just a natural way, especially like you can't really blame people with how the Royals were operating before that or during that and where the direction of the franchise was headed. Um, I think so again, two different people, two different methods of operation and really something that ended up panning out in a big way. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody right now that isn't a big fan of this contract I haven't really been perusing Twitter for obvious reasons, but um, that's the biggest thing in a month that pitchers and catchers are reporting a month that other stuff is going to happen. Like the hype for the season is beginning. This just blows it all out of the water. I think it's insane. Mark finds just kind of laid out the structuring of the contract as far as like annual value. So this year's the $2 million next year's seven. 20, 2026 is 13, 2027 is 19, which is pretty, you know, that's pretty close to what he would probably be earning in arbitration in those years, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2028 takes a jump to 30, 2029 is 35, 2030 is 35 as well. So you start to hit the prime of, you know, the theoretical prime years of Bobby Wood Jr. and the price starts to escalate. So, I, I mean, the structuring of that is also very good, but now we got numbers to uh, the actual dollars and cents. So I was kind of curious if they were going to get that if they how they were going to kind of load that they have plenty like we mentioned there's plenty of room beyond 2025 to incorporate a big contract like that but they're still i mean 13 dollars in 2020 or 13 million dollars in 2026 19 in 2027 30 in 2028 i mean that's all just i mean that's still manageable especially even in a uh, small market team so so this yeah. is actually from brady vaughn in the chat it's uh, he's saying allegedly Bobby Wood Jr.'s extension is the third largest contract in MLB history if all options are exercised. It goes Shohei at seven hundred million dollars, and then you got Mike Trout four twenty five, and then Bobby. It's a lot now, of money. <laughs> in good company. Is, I just off the top of my head, I think it's I think it would end up being fourth because I think if all of Julio's options are exercised and he hits a couple of the incentives, it gets up over four hundred. But regardless, this is if all options exercise right now, it's a top five contract in the history of this sport uh, for a Kansas City Royal. Because this is a contract you would think, you know, all the people that joke in the the chats and in 
in you know comments on social media of you know dubbing Bobby or photoshopping Bobby Wood Jr. like a Dodger or a Yankee uniform. Like <laughs> that's put to bed for now because the Royals are the ones that actually shell out the money to give him for that. Yeah, it's insane. And the Royals, I'm not going to preclude them from making any other moves. We're going to talk a little bit about other extension candidates, perhaps, and then spring trading. Something else is coming up right around the corner. That'll be up after this break. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back in One World Away podcast here. Jordan Foote, Joel Penfield, Josh Kaiser got the whole crew. I should have let off with this. Brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning, the premier baseball development resource in Kansas City. You can bet your ass they're happy that Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be around for a long time. And the Kansas City Royals are 
giving people more of a reason to watch. So a guy, really multiple guys that kind of fall in the the subcategory, the sub tier, and that's not an insult to them. It's just it's Bobby Wynn Jr. versus insert any player on the team. Yeah. Um, Vinny Pasquantino, MJ Melendez, that one probably gets a little bit weird with the vibes and the projections. And then Michael Garcia. I think those three, um, you could lump in a Cole Reagans, a that was the guy singer, that five, I think. Maybe Chris Bubich, that again, iffy because he's been hurt. You don't know what you have with him. Those guys all fall into, I think, they are extension monitoring and probably I think Vinny Pasquantino at the top of that list. Yeah, I, I think Vinny is the top of the list. If he can stay healthy this year, which is is the big key, um, he was never really fully recovered from the shoulder thing that happened in 22. So it was something they just that he didn't have any sort of surgery for it, you know, re-aggravated and obviously he missed all of last season. If he's fully healthy, he's going to be an all-star this year. Like I feel very, very strongly about that. And if you, if you get that type of guy this year out of him, I think you extend him. It's not going to be as lucrative because he's a first base only DH type, but you can buy out three or four years probably from him and he'll he'll want to stick around. Like El Garcia to me is super intriguing because he's not a third base, like a traditional third baseman, but he's yeah. great defensively. He showed a knack to hit. If you've seen his, his swing looks noticeably different in the Venezuelan Winter League where he played this year. It looks like he's getting a little more loft on the ball. looks like he's driving the ball a little bit more. Like, he was hitting home runs out there that aren't cheapies. And he had a couple this year where even I was like, okay, there's not a lot of power there, but there's something there. If he if he takes a leap, not even a Bobby Wood Jr. type leap, but just a leap from where he is, I think he could be a sneaky candidate for it as well. Uh, I mean, he's just... From a family perspective, like Alcides Escobar spent a lot of time in his career here. He knows what it, you know, what winning baseball looks like here, which means he's also cousins with Ronald Acuna Jr., who took a team-friendly, albeit insulting, contract that the Braves offered him. But that that seemed like that family kind of takes that sort of they can take that sort of contract and be like, hey, we just want to stick around here, and and it's life-changing money for us. I think he would be an intriguing deal. And then Cole Reagans. If Cole Reagans continues to build on what he did this past year, proves he is a one. Like, he's a true one in this rotation. You lock that guy up and buy out a couple of years if he can. I am hesitant about the Cole Reagans part. I I mean, obviously, I love the fact that he was so lights out towards the, you know, the second half of the year last year, put together more seasons in Kansas City healthy than he did in Texas as a starter where in Texas he was a reliever. So he was just, something was different when he came to Kansas City. And that is huge. And if you think that that is sustainable, great. I think that personally, if I was the one signing the checks, I probably would want to see it a little bit more, maybe another year, and then see how that arm holds up. Because, I mean, we got two Tommy Johns and nothing about an eye out. So I think that that is kind of a sneaky one that I'd be hesitant out, but I'd be fine with it. Garcia, I completely agree, even though I think that there's the value is still of him being a shortstop. And if that is some value you can find, I think you can still look to trade him, in my opinion. He's obviously really good. I think I really like the career projection that he could potentially have, especially if these swing mechanic adjustments are real. But I just want the value, and I want that to be done in a good process as a way. J.J. did mention that Michael Garcia, they kind of see him as one of the core untouchable guys that they want to build on. So 
I, I, I think that Michael Garcia is way more of a, uh, extension candidate than I'm kind of given credit for, but I, I'd be fine with that. Vinny obviously is a, the one dark horse that I think that nobody's talking about because he had such kind of an off year is Brady Singer. I think that this organization yeah. loves them some Brady Singer. He did have a slow year, but he has stretches of you know quality starting pitching, which is something that they cannot develop. He was the first guy that came out of that 2018 group. They honestly, they obviously believed him at, at that time. The development of a third pitch was always going to be tied to how sustainable success he will have. And Andy Rogers was talking about him potentially working on his four seam and a sweeper this off season, which is intriguing. Cause if you can add that four seam with that sweeper, along with the devastating sinker than the slider that he already, already has, I think that there could be an absolute unlocking breakout year loading for Brady singer. And if that's the case, you extend them now and buy low, but it's also risky, obviously. So I think Brady Singer is also a very dark horse candidate for that extension. You uh, you make a good point about buying low, and that's kind of the thought process I've been going through with this. Like, if I had to rank how comfortable I would be right now picking up an extension talk or, like, seriously extending one of these guys, it's got to be Vinny Pasquantino. And Clinton's comment, yes, definitely next on the extension list, I think, for me, potentially for the Royals, um, I do also think, like Wildman said, want to see him healthy for a year. Like all of these guys have some sort of hole you can poke in their extension resume. Pasquantino's is literally just health because I think he's proven himself. I think he's a really good hitter. I think he's fine enough, enough defensively. I think a very good leader in the clubhouse. Like that's going to be easy. Um, I'm iffy as well on Cole Reagans because you're buying in on half a really, really good season versus the rest of his career. But Josh, are you making faces at that champagne kind of? <laughs> no, I just, you? I, the the fizziness just went <laughs> shot straight up my nose. That's kind of what I get. I, I deserve it, but whatever. We're moving oh, on. Um, yeah, Reagan's. I think I'm in wait and see mode. MJ Melendez, absolutely wait and see mode because I personally just don't buy the second half improvement being that legitimate. Um, but if that does end up being the case, Andy turns out to be average in, in left field, let's say he doesn't even have to be very good or quarter outfield, whatever. Um, that makes him an extension candidate. Garcia, if he would have ended the year the way he started it, like he would if he had flip-flopped that, I'd feel a little bit better. But also again, it's one season. And you're not going to base all of that on one year unless you're the top prospect of the team, unless you have the pedigree unless you were a top five, top 10 player in baseball for half the season, like Bobby Witt Jr., everything kind of lined up perfectly. I think for him to where no one is like, oh, this was a little bit premature because I don't think it was. And I think everyone buys into him long-term. Everybody else, you're like, okay, either they need to be healthy, they need to get healthy, they need to stay healthy. I need to see X, Y, and Z from them on the field not gonna you know sell tickets as much <laughs> like they're, they're just not Bobby Witt Jr. and that's why they're this was such a no-brainer everyone else you kind of have to uh factor in at least some bit of calculus I think another sneaky place where I think the Royals could do some extensions and wouldn't cost a lot of money would be in the bullpen say a John like a John McMillan or James MacArthur goes out and has an awesome year you can go and buy out a couple of his, like the RV years and maybe a free agent year for that guy, which I think would be, I think it would be interesting. I'm not saying that they should do it or that's the course to go, but if you want to continue to lock up your core pieces 
and people that you think are, are vital to your success. And we've seen what made the Royals so good when they were winning, you know, when they won a World Series was how good that bullpen was and had the continuity that they had there. And you had two guys that kind of broke out in small samples of like, that's a guy that can close out games for us. I didn't hear what it would be path i'm not saying that that's the way to do it but i think it, it could be a path you go down to solidify what you have in the bullpen i would push back a little bit because they're already controlled through i think 2029 2028 yeah, that's fair yeah damn that's a long time i guess yeah, i don't never did the math on that i guess that's, <laughs> that's quite a bit but i i totally understand your point I totally agree with that like that that could be definitely i need to look at where the value is regardless of who it is and where it is and i think those are two guys that you know are definitely going to be a part of the future in the short term if not for the long term so i i don't hate the reasoning behind that i would push back on just like how much control they already have over them and how that figures into it i think mike massey could be an, an interesting mm. extension candidate yeah. as well i mean he was one of the yeah, I, I don't think he would. He, right now, you'd be, I mean, could you get him at six years, seven years with a $10 million uh, annual value to, to get him to sign that right now? I think so. I mean, hey, he was already, he's one of the most unlucky players in the league last year as far as like what was actually done versus what was expected. So I think that could be, you know, encouraging. And he was, he was decent, if not average, for, most of the part of his rookie season, and that's exactly what you want to see from a guy that you want to extend. So I think that's also a sneaky candidate to be able to lock up. But uh, And, I mean, he's best friends with Vinny Pasquitino. So uh, if you're able to lock up one and use it as a, hey, look what we're doing for your best friend over here, then I, I can't hurt, right? Yeah. No, I, I think so. And all this talk about long-term, all this talk about who's going to be in Kansas City long-term, which players are going to do it is to the – the coaching staff, the managerial staff, the right group for it. They're going to be eventually playing in a different ballpark. And this is something that Joel brought up before the show. Like if there were any doubts left about what the future of Royals baseball was going to be long-term once that lease at the Truman Sports Complex runs out, it's extinguished, I think, for the most part. And they had the whole veto thing, then not so fast. And then we're going to get these people to get on board. Like it's been a drawn out process with the stadium, but this is a telltale sign it's going to happen the future of Royals baseball this like is it the bricks that they keep tweeting out and everything like the players just saying brick by brick like this this movement's going to happen whether some people want it to or not I'm not a Missouri resident so it doesn't um, directly impact me nearly as much but I do think that this is just a almost a formality now it's not as simple as Bobby Wood Jr. is going to tip the scales in such a way. Exactly. But let's just call it what it is. The entire This entire situation has been such a shit show that, like, it's just a, just a disaster on both sides of people that don't want it, people that do want it. It's been awful. And that's why we haven't talked about it a ton, because it's been such a disaster. But when you have something like this, even the people that are kind of on the fence are like, at least they're investing in the team, and if I'm going to go watch this team, watch this team in a new stadium, at least there are going to be players that I like and that are going to be there. Like it can tip it in that direction. And there's still going to be people that are going to dissent and don't want it, and I'm not going to try and and convince those people otherwise. But the, it it feels like a something like this, and not a half show like a half measure of a contract extension. Of like, oh, we bought out two of Bobby Wood Jr.'s free agent years. Woohoo! Come to buy, come to our new stadium. Like, 
they're they this is an attempt by the Royals to have a beer for the long haul in the first, you know, half decade or more of that new stadium. It's a significant investment by the team to build that and go, hey, come to our stadium. Oh, and by the way, number seven is still gonna be playing shortstop for us when we're in that new ballpark. Yeah. And they have not been able to or willing to do this with any of the players out since George Brett. I mean, yeah, they, they they signed Salvi to extension, very team friendly, and then they made it right. But it was still not, you know, franchise team payroll, not like handicapping level player. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so everybody has been calling for that, and I think that that commitment is you can't you can't uh, you can't deny that that is a thing now. They have this is a move towards sustainability. That this is a new direction, and I just I can't not be encouraged by that now <laughs> so uh, i i'm i'm in the northland i'm not able to vote for a new stadium one way or the other but i would absolutely be voting yes at this point i i've seen everything that i need to see to endorse that new stadium can we be can we be done with the we know that billionaires should pay for their own stadiums we know that i mean that's <laughs> just that is it this is the cost of doing business for the for owning a major league team this is it is what it is this is not jerry jones in Jerry World, where everything that could be held there is held there. This is a the real world where we can talk new stadiums and what it can do for a city and what it can't do for the city as well. But this is just a, a very fun day, and I would be absolutely voting yes for this for this moving forward. Yeah, as someone who has been sitting on the fence about this and surprised, like I do that for everything, it seems, but has been notoriously just like do what you want i'm not voting for it i can't vote for it you know do whatever let people build the stadium if they want to get it done i'm just kind of moving past the should it be should it not be stage because they're gonna keep moving that that's just how life is these things are going to keep going whether people <laughs> want them to slow down or not like that train is going full speed ahead and man so is the royals off season and it's pretty much coming to a close. I wouldn't expect um, they had the Adam Frazier signing, obviously, that was the lefty injection into the lineup, not the one that I was expecting. Um, but I think they're pretty much set. Like, there, ironically, are still some decent free agents out there that if they really wanted to go after someone, they could. Um, but they're not going to make any seismic changes. This was the biggest move on the offseason. Um They moved on all the players they brought in and all the money they doled out and all the hype that they built. This still blows it out of the water is the biggest move. And it's both um, Brady Vaughn. Do you think we end up trading Massey? I just saw that while I was mid um, midpoint sentence (laughs) midpoint. Now I have to fixate on it. Um, I don't think there's really a market for him right now, to be honest with you, but that's not an indictment on him. It's just, he had a weird year where, and I sometimes make fun of expected stats, but like he was so unlucky. Like it wasn't even, it was like, he's a better player than his 2023 season showed. I think and even if he's not a future star level player, if he's just a fine second baseman, there will eventually be a market for that. But I think you'd rather he play a little bit better. Um, maybe you figure out, your internal what you have with Nick Lofton someone like that so I would say no for now um I wouldn't rule it out completely but I also think they just want to see what 
Mike Massey actually has over the first couple months of the season. And, and then there's a little bit of an insurance policy if Massey does struggle because you got to remember how abysmal his April was. 100%. Like, Adam Frazier is not a great player. He's fine. Like a slightly below average to average second baseman. But that's an upgrade if Michael Massey has a similar beginning to the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just got reminded that Mizzou actually just got a $62 million gift given to their athletics department. Yeah, so Tucker's coming Franklin, up, Josh. Uh, yeah, Tucker Franklin was kind enough with. <laughs> to, to send Mizzou $62 million and say, hey, go Tigers. Um, the, the wrong answer is the only fact that I saw that was like, who gave Mizzou $62 million? And I was like, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> well. Oh, man. Tucker messaged the chat and said the, the DraftKings account hit. And, you know, that, that Chiefs money line, they just said, you know what, Tucker, we'll give you an advance. Don't you worry, buddy. Uh, you're going to make the Chiefs a dog. Ahead. If you're going to make the Chiefs yes. a dog, you're just handing out cash. Yeah. I, I know that all too well as I was notoriously picking against the Chiefs. One-point losses back-to-back weeks, but um, I'm no longer that stupid. I'll say, are, are you going back to that well on Sunday? It's Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. San Fran has a more talented team on paper, definitely a more talented offense, but like you could argue the Chiefs' defense is not even – like I don't even know if there's an argument to be made that San Fran's defense is better. They have some star talent. They have good players. I know this is a baseball podcast, but – Yeah, get out of here. What are we doing? This is yeah. – February 5th from moving moving forward is the Bobby Witt Jr. Day. It's a national holiday – Kansas holiday. <laughs> what are we talking about here? We got, we got Kansas City Sports Network has so many Chiefs shows. We're not going to be one of them. We only have to talk about one thing. And they are the thing to talk about in Kansas City right now. Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a royal for at least seven years. It's it's huge. Um, spring training again, right around the corner. Bobby Witt Jr. going to be at spring training with his fresh contract. Um, I believe February fourteenth is the report date for pitchers and catchers. Now the nineteenth, um, if I remember correctly, is like the full squad, everyone getting going. So. It's coming up, man. None of us will will be down there, unfortunately, but we're going to be following. We're going to do, I hope, some sort of primer for it and kind of what we're looking for, and then we'll jump right into season predictions. We'll jump into reacting um, on a more normal basis to how the 2024 season unfolds, and the Royals have given people reasons for optimism, and I think we went over a few shows ago like a knee-jerk win projection for the 2024 campaign None of us are expecting playoffs. I think that'd be very premature and and kind of you're putting the cart before the horse there um, with the moves they've made. But with the moves they have done, they're going to be better than they were last season. This should be the bridge year. I think that 2023 was supposed to be. Um, and this is another good move. And again, Locking up Bobby Witt Jr. isn't going to translate to necessarily more wins and losses this year because he was going to be there anyway. But you're looking ahead. You have something to look forward to. The Royals are going to undergo a ton of changes still. Things are going to be different. Bobby Witt Jr., barring anything crazy, he's going to be there. And he has the no-trade clause. The opt-outs are a whole nother, um jar of worms. So I think it was a huge day, and I think it – unfolded a little bit differently structure-wise than I anticipated, but still no qualms at all with how that contract kind of came out. Super excited. Uh, something that we didn't necessarily expect or at least to be structured the way it was, but 
this is a massive day for the Royals now and for the next few years. You gave me a, a question like a one to ten rating coming into the offseason. How likely did I think it was that the Royals were going to extend Bobby Wood Jr.? I would have been very comfortable saying a two. Yeah. Um, knowing that we're here now is just so in- insanely beyond what I thought was going to happen this offseason. And uh, we're here now. And this is the reality we live in. So let's hope this is uh, this is how it is moving forward. And uh and cheers to everybody watching. 100%. All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, it was a fun one. Royals, absolutely insane day locking up Bobby Wood Jr. again. Thank you to Josh and Joel for being quick and improvising. Thank you to Tucker for producing. We are going to try to get back next week, I hope, with a pre-spring training show. I'm optimistic about that. So until then, we'll talk at you later.